Hello, and welcome to pathwaytohappiness.com. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast, and I'm Gary Van Warmerdam. If some of the material here sparks your interest and you're interested in more of it, you can find uh, a number of articles and other audio clips on my own website, pathwaytohappiness.com, as well as for those who want to go further and create self-mastery for themselves and mastering their own life, their attention, their emotions. I've created a whole series of audio sessions that you can download and listen to as a self-mastery program. It teaches you how to identify core beliefs, change them, shift emotional states, your point of view, all of those things. And there are a number of sessions when you sign up that are free for you to sample. First of all, I want to make a couple of comments about the last podcast about core beliefs. And just something to keep in mind is that when it comes to finding, identifying, and changing your core beliefs, they pretty much are never about what you think they're about. In the case of Howard that I gave the example of last time, his frustrations with his son and anger with his son over his spending habits came back around and exposed his belief that he's not good enough as a dad. And just to point out what absurdity that is, because that belief I'm a failure as a dad, is based on one particular aspect of what one of his children is doing, his adult children, grown children, no less. And that his entire performance as a dad, as a parent, is based on that one issue. Seems kind of an exaggeration. I'm a failure as a dad discounts everything else that he's done. And yet, Howard believed it. Didn't look at any other evidence, took that one instance, and drew a complete blanket conclusion about his own self-worth and performance as a parent. Based on one behavior that one of his children was doing. Big exaggeration. But that's kind of what the mind does. Best not to leave it run unattended in your life. If you want to be happy, that is. If it's really of no concern to you whether you're happy in your life, then please just let it continue doing what it's doing, and it'll take you wherever it takes you. One of those places that it tends to run uncontrolled is about fear. The big demon, fear, it's really no demon at all. Because when you look at the underlying stories, there's really nothing there, for the most part. In my experience, when you start pulling apart fears, really looking at what's underneath, they fall apart all by themselves. Take some time and skill to learn how to do that. Just to give you an example, fear of public speaking. What is that about? Well, you dig into it, and maybe there's someone who's afraid of embarrassing themselves, looking like a fool, fear of failing. People will laugh at them, think they're an idiot. There's a fear of doing a lousy job, and that people will judge them and reject them. Fear of failure doesn't have as much to do with failing so much as what other people will think of them and that fear of being judged or laughed at. But now let's take that fear and go one step further. That fear of being judged is really just a fear of pain, emotional pain, shame, embarrassment, feeling not good enough. So we're afraid of that pain. But how does that pain happen? 
that painful emotion doesn't happen because other people judge us. It doesn't happen because other people reject us. That pain happens because we assume and believe the assumption that that rejection other people have of us is true. Say they judge us as a failure. That belief they have of us as a failure doesn't hurt us at all. I'm sure people have thought us as a failure and we weren't phased at all. But when we care what they believe, meaning we assume that what they believe is valid, then we are adopting that belief for ourselves. Oh, if they believe it, it must be true, which means now we believe it. So their belief in us as a failure initiates our assumption that we are a failure, and now we believe we're a failure. And with that belief, we reject ourselves. We make an expression of judgment. We make an expression of victim. We cast ourselves in a role and imagine ourselves as a failure. And with all that self-rejection and that belief in that false image of us, there's emotional pain. And that's the thing that we're trying to avoid, is the emotional reaction, the pain. Then what's the fear of? Is it fear of failing? Is it fear of people judging us? No, because those don't hurt. Certainly at some point in our life, we did something embarrassing in public. And maybe we were embarrassed at the time, or maybe we look back at it later, and we laughed our head off about it. And we really enjoyed looking back at that experience and laughing about it. Or maybe right there in that moment, we did something embarrassing and we laughed about it. Well, there's nothing painful about it. Because looking back, or maybe right there in the moment, we don't judge ourselves. We enjoy it. It's a funny thing that we did. Well, there's nothing painful about that experience falling on our face because we don't judge ourselves for it. A very public, embarrassing event, and there's nothing painful about it because there's no self-judgment. Then when it comes to the fear of public speaking, what is it we're really afraid of? It's not anybody else judging us. It's not failing. If we knew we were going to laugh about whatever happened, we'd be totally free to express ourselves. Then what we're really afraid of is of judging ourselves. We are really afraid of that we will believe those thoughts about ourselves, that we will believe that we're a failure, that we did something stupid, that we look like an idiot. Because only in believing those things will we feel emotional pain. Then the very peculiar thing is, here we are afraid of what we will believe about ourselves. And so we avoid public speaking or getting up or raising our hand, asking a question, whatever it is, for fear, not what others will believe of us, but for fear of what we will believe about ourselves. And yet, don't we have control over what we believe about ourselves? Maybe we don't believe that we do. Then the fear of public speaking is a big lie. There's no such thing as a fear of public speaking. It has to do with, I'm afraid of what I will believe about myself. Well, isn't what you believe a choice? Do you get to choose what you believe? And if you do have a conscious choice, 
then you don't need to be afraid at all of what other people think or what you believe about yourself because of what other people think. There's a great deal of freedom, of opportunity in what you do with your life when you have the awareness not to believe what you think about yourself. And when you have the awareness to refrain from believing something about yourself, a whole world of opportunity shows up in how you're able to express yourself. And just part of that is in public with other people. It could extend to just your lover and your intimate partner, family member, sharing your feelings. Not because you're no longer afraid of what they will think about you, but you're no longer afraid of what you will think about yourself. Here's another big fear. Another fear that's completely misnamed. Just like the fear of public speaking is really about the fear of what I will believe about myself. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown is a big lie. It's really not about fear of the unknown. When we were children, and if you can't remember back to your own years as a child, watch children, young children. They're not afraid. They're not afraid to share themselves, take action, play. They're not even afraid of what's dangerous. They'll go run out in the street, walk right up to the edge of a very tall cliff or building that's a dangerous situation. Put their hand in a light socket. Children's innate nature is to explore, be curious, experience. And there's no fear of consequence. Then the whole world is an unknown experience. And their innate nature is to experience and explore, to discover. By the way, that's our innate nature. Bottom line is, we're not afraid of the unknown. We grew up in the unknown. We have a ball playing there, exploring and creating there. What we are afraid of is what happens as we grow older as adults. Is our mind, because of experiences, we put our hand on the light socket, we put our hand on a hot stove. We did something like went out in the front yard and got yelled at for getting too close to the street, went somewhere we shouldn't and got spanked and punished for it and yelled at. We got rejected. We learned, okay, don't go beyond the boundary that other people set. And as a kid, you don't get to know what those boundaries are often until after you cross them. And so we learn not to explore past the boundaries. Let's stay where we know. And so we build in our life a comfort zone based on what we've done in the past, where we know boundaries are because other people have punished us for going beyond those. And we stay within the boundaries we now imagine in our mind. Do we have a fear of the unknown? No, we have a curiosity to explore and create beyond the unknown. What we have a fear of is being punished for going beyond. What we have a fear of is the assumption in our mind that there will be some painful consequence that comes to us from somebody else for doing something different. That painful consequence may not be known to us, 
But we know, based on repetitive social programming, we'll call it domestication, punishment in the past, that when we go beyond a boundary, we will be punished. And we know that. Is it true? No. Generally not. As children, it was true, so we didn't play out in the street, thank God. As adults, not very many people punish us. Then the fear isn't of the unknown. The fear is of the known assumption. We know we will be punished. We know something bad will happen. We know there's something to be afraid of if I go do this new creative thing. Then it's not a fear of the unknown. It's a fear of a known assumption. doesn't mean that it's true. We may know it to be true, but it's not necessarily true. Then again, we are not afraid of the unknown. We are afraid of what we believe will happen if we go do this unknown thing. We are afraid of what we know about consequences. And those fears and beliefs about painful consequences are just assumptions in our mind. They may or may not happen. We may not be aware of what we believe about what will happen. But we know it, buried somewhere in our subconscious. If you went exploring and took a core belief inventory about what will happen if, you'll get a clearer picture of what you're afraid of. And it's not unknown. It's a whole set of assumptions about consequences that you hold in your mind. Now, the unknown is an extraordinary, magical place to explore and discover. However, our mind hypnotizes us and say, oh, it's a fear of the unknown. And we buy the quick story because we believe what we think it's about instead of questioning the mind that's doing the thinking, being aware that the assumptions the mind is making may not be true. So the question is, why don't we challenge our fears? Why don't we attack them in this way? People don't challenge their fears because, A, they don't have a way to go about it. We don't have a systematic approach. We aren't taught to question the stories in our mind that loop over and over again that regurgitate and generate fear. We aren't taught to challenge what we believe. And so we end up recreating it over and over and the fears behind it. The second reason we don't challenge and attack our fears is it's uncomfortable. But not challenging it is probably just as uncomfortable. We just don't realize it. Consider a woman, she was uh, debating and hemming and hawing and about going and asking her boss for a raise. And as we went through the story, the scenario that she was playing in her mind was that if she got a no, she would go back to her office, feel like a fool, feel rejected, and it would activate a whole story from memory about her dad berating her for not being good enough and not doing what she was supposed to do. And feeling all that self-judgment in her imagination and feeling rejected and not good enough was the pain she was afraid of feeling. And therefore, she didn't go ask for the raise so that she could avoid the pain. 
Of course, what she wasn't aware of was that each day she thought about going and asking for a raise or the multiple number of times a day that she thought about asking for a raise. That scenario would run in her mind of hearing a no. Her mind would imagine what it would feel like. Her mind would imagine all the stories in her head, all the self-rejection and everybody else saying, I told you so. Then just by thinking about asking for a raise, she was dreaming up a whole story of self-rejection as the outcome. So this avoidance mechanism of, I'm not going to go ask for a raise because I'm afraid of the consequences, wasn't very effective because every time she imagined asking for a raise, she was experiencing the consequences. And she would do it three, four, five, six, ten times a day, experience the self-rejection in her imagination just thinking about it. And then she'd experience multiple times the next day and multiple times the next day. And over and over, imagining the story of self-rejection as an outcome. Not a very good avoidance mechanism to actually regenerate that dream of self-rejection, the pain from it. When you multiply that out, how many times a day? And she realized what she was doing day after day. She's like, heck, I might as well go ask for the raise. Get a no at a minimum. So at least I do the rejection once instead of over and over every day. Then asking for the raise, the very thing she feared, would have been far less painful. But our mind doesn't do the math that way. Our mind does this addictive kind of loop thinking over and over again, playing with scenarios and outcomes and self-rejections as a habit. Once we become aware of it, though, and we see the consequences, that awareness has the power to completely change our actions and our behavior in the direction of our life. We're like, now that I see it, heck, I'm not doing that anymore. Just awareness creates its own motivation for a new action. So the question, why don't people challenge their fears and free themselves from it, is A, they're not motivated. They're motivated to avoid what they're afraid of, not realizing that the mind stays in a perpetual loop of fear, regurgitating it and playing it day after day. The antidote to that is awareness and realizing the larger scope of what's going on in your life and that it's not necessary and actually is more suffering than you're trying to avoid. And the other piece that's missing is they haven't been trained and they don't have a system to approach dealing with their mind and the false beliefs in their mind. And when you have the motivation, because you're aware of the consequences to your life and the, and the unhappiness during your day that fear creates, and you're aware, okay, there's a way to go about this, then it's a lot easier to take action. You're motivated and you have the tools to go do it. Tools to go do it, there's a lot of different ones. Specifically, I'm shamelessly promoting this self-mastery audio course on my website. But find something that works. Once you have the motivation, you will find something that works. But you have to gain a little bit of awareness generally to get enough motivation to go take action. And a few people, once in a while, will question those stories in the mind enough, realize they're not true, and start wondering, what is the truth? 
if the truth isn't in this fear, and the truth isn't in all this thinking and the assumptions behind them, then what's the truth? And for those people who are willing to go that route, and not just ask that question as a fleeting academic exercise, but to sit with it, to study it, and even take action on it, for them, worlds open up, illusions dissolve, and they open their eyes to see themselves and the world in an entirely new way. Key is awareness. To be aware that the stories your mind tells you, the assumptions it makes, aren't true. And that if you look underneath and pull back the layers of illusion, all those fears and those beliefs fall apart. It's an easy way to be free of fear. And for practical ways how to identify and change these core beliefs at the heart of our emotional drama, you can log on to my self-mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. The first few sessions there are free. Try it and see if those exercises are, are practical and effective for you. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com.